Hey, Fred Minnick here, and we're gonna learn what a chicken can do for Mezcal. Coming up. The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey and by Michter's. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. We've got a little change of pace for you this week. Instead of your uh, typical kind of whiskey conversation with a uh, celebrity, we have uh, someone in the spirits industry with us. We have Gilbert Marquez. Gilbert is, um, you know, he's a, he's a friend. He's with Illegal Mezcal. And uh, he is a he is a man who loves the finer things. And if you go and watch the video on YouTube, you can see he's got a really cool hat. He's got a really cool hat on right now in this interview. So you're gonna really want to check that out. But uh, we are tasting some uh, uber rare bourbons uh, from um, from various generations, but all vintage. In fact, if you want to grab your pen, so grab your pen, or if you're at your computer, type it, or your iPad, or iPhone, or however you do your notes, uh, get ready. I'm about to give you what we're about, what we will drink blind. Now, we will be doing an open tasting, meaning you're going to hear what they are when we're tasting the Mezcal. Uh, so you'll hear what those are as we're tasting them and we'll comment and go back and forth on those. But when we get into the, the vintage rare whiskey tasting, this is what we are tasting. We are tasting 10 year old, uh, Eagle rare from the 1970s. So an Eagle rare from the 1970s is glass a Uh, glass B is a Jim beam, from the 1970s. So a Jim Beam white label from the 1970s. And Glass C from the 1940s, bottled in the 1940s, an old Shinley bottled and bond, an old Shinley bottled and bond. Now that would have been Indiana bourbon from uh, a distillery that no longer exists, the old Quaker distillery. So that is what we're going to taste. I hope you wrote that down and you can listen along and uh, salivate as you can hear our tasting notes, because let me tell you, Gilbert's a great taster and it was a lot of fun tasting with him. And I know you're going to enjoy this week's episode. If you'd like to see the the video portion of it, make sure you go over to my YouTube channel and uh, and watch our reactions because he, he has a few facial reactions. I have a few facial reactions, uh, and you know it it's it's a good it's a good video good video episode. Also, uh, they provided some B roll that was pretty cool, so you get a chance to see Mexico in action if you want to take a look at that. So enjoy this week's tasting with my co-taster, Gilbert Marquez. But first, a word from our sponsors. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single barrel and small batch whiskey. Hard made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste 
of Colorado at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to Michter's.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Stream the biggest movies and TV shows for free on Pluto TV. Watch movies like Titanic and G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, plus TV shows like CSI and Star Trek The Next Generation. Starting this month, check out the 24-7 Stargate channel exclusively on Pluto TV, plus hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and TV shows absolutely free. Download the free Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start watching today. This is about something that lights your fire when nothing else will. This is the Mark Devine Show. This show, we're going to discover and dive in and discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders so courageous. Transform the nature and functioning of our own brain for the better. Go put your virtues in action. Be the best version of yourself. Life is a practice. Day by day, get wiser and stronger and grow. How do you understand enough about your own mind and psychology and emotions and how you develop a reflective awareness practice to actually get in the driver's seat of your own mind? We go in-depth with people from all walks of life. Martial arts grandmasters, meditative monks, CEOs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. Every episode turns our guest experience into actionable insights that you can learn from and lead a life filled with compassion and courage. I started putting all these little tools in my pocket, started to reflect a lot and meditate. There has to be a balance between movement and rest. It all starts with us. We cultivate these qualities in ourselves. We become a beacon of life for others in the world. Please join us on the journey. The Mark Divine Show. Hoo-yah. Hey, and joining the Fred Minnick Show, my friend Gilbert Marquez. How you doing, my friend? Hola, hola. Como estas? How you Good doing? Good to see you. Nice to see you. Well, uh, you, we're, we've got some mezcals here to taste. I've yes, got sir. some uh, really rare whiskeys for, you know, to taste. But Exciting. Let's, let, you know, let's jump into the mezcals. Sure. So let's talk through these and let's pick one. Let's pick one uh, that you feel like yeah. uh, 
you really want to taste right now. Okay, so uh, anytime I give someone a taste of mezcal, I always want them to try the joven. The joven is um, unaged, mm -hmm. uh, so Spanish for young, uh, like tequila um, uh, blanco reposado añejo, for mezcal joven reposado añejo. So I, I usually give people a taste of the joven. It's like when you go to a restaurant, yeah, you taste the sauces, or if you go to a Mexican restaurant, you taste the rice and the beans, and you can tell if you got yourself a good restaurant there. Okay. Yeah, so it's the the raw. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's- Yeah, I will have to tell you, like, I nearly broke a knuckle trying to open y'all's bottles. You yes. Know, I mean, I mean, do you like hate us or something? Are you like trying to like get those things so hard to open like concrete or? Well, you know, one thing that I, <laughs> one thing that I always say is uh, a mezcal is one of those, well, the agave plant uh, is one of those plants that protects itself at every stage. You go to an agave field and uh, there's spikes on the end of them. Mm -hmm. uh, you open up the agave when you're, when you're uh, harvesting. There's a little bit of a like sap that comes out that'll give you ear skin irritation. Mm -hmm. uh, you try to open up our bottle, <laughs> give you a little bit of a rough time. And if you drink too much, it'll give you a rough time too. True. So, cheers. Right. Cheers. So. Mm. Well. I think we might have to have the go through the whole flight now because yeah, I'm not ready to go to whiskey yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I look at I look at mezcal and I think mezcal is very misunderstood, especially um, in in the whiskey space. Mm -hmm. um, jump into it. Tell us, like you know, what's the process and how is it different to, than tequila? Yeah, so um, when I'm talking about the difference between mezcal and tequila, I usually um, say it's the three P's, the plant, the place, and mm -hmm. the production. So, the plant for tequila um, is always just blue web agave. For mezcal, you can use up to about 28 different varietals of agave. In the case of Ilegal, in most of the mezcals that you see in the United States, we use a um, espadine. Mm -hmm. which is very closely related uh, genetically to the Blue Weber Agave. The main difference between Espadine and the Blue Weber Agave is the Blue Weber Agave has a waxy film on the outside that makes it sh uh, blue when the sh sun shines down on it. Uh, the Espadine does not have that, green agave. Uh, other than that, you're just talking about terroir. Um, uh, the place. Uh, tequila is largely made in uh, Jalisco, mm -hmm. um, although it could be made in five different states. Uh, mezcal in nine states, um, but most of the mezcal comes from Oaxaca. The production, tequila, and don't get me wrong, there are some great artisanal tequilas, but most of them are made in an industrial fashion. Okay. Um, mezcal is uh, mostly or largely uh, artisanal in the process, but there are some industrialized uh, mezcals out there. Now, fermentation-wise, like what? Take me through the steps of uh, fermenting the agave, and what's what's unique about uh, mezcal versus tequila. A lot of the tequilas use a starter yeast. Um, a, a lot of the the, the tequilas use that. Um, and for a lot of the the palenques, the distilleries in Oaxaca. Uh, in my experience, use open air fermentation. Mm -hmm. uh, open air fermentation in pine vats. Uh, yeah. Where does the where does the um, 
the chicken remains come in. Yes, uh, pechuga. So you're talking about pechuga. Mm-hmm. Um, so largely unknown, right? Um, but uh, most people uh, say that the the the. Okay, let me take you through the whole process. So a pechuga is a mezcal that's made for special occasions, mm-hmm. uh, weddings, that type of thing, baptisms. Um, what you do is uh, you get uh, some mezcal, you distill it with uh, stone fruits or, or uh, uh, different types of fruits that are, that are around uh, during that season. And I guess pretend this is the pot. Across the top of the pot still, you hang a, a chicken breast, a turkey breast, or what have you. Sometimes I've seen iguana. Um, and so... By the way, have you ever had iguana? I have not had iguana, but I've had iguana uh, uh, pechuga. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine a, an iguana would be very tough. Like, yeah. you know, but, but I could see myself eating an iguana. Maybe iguana belt. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, you know, definitely if you're if you're walking into a place with an with a guana belt, I'm hoping you got some alligator, you know, uh, boots as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, you, you're just strutting at this point, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so so someone once said uh, that the uh, pechuga absorbs uh, the almost two fruitiness mm-hmm. uh, that comes, uh, that's phrase, um, that, that comes from uh, the stone fruits uh, for the distillation. But I've also heard this, um, uh, before the Spanish conquest, uh, there was bloodletting and sacrifices that would happen um, for different rituals. And so, the, the Christian church or the Catholic church came in and said, no, no, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm shortening this. Uh, here are these chickens though, you know, to not sacrifice human. Um, and this is just one story that I've heard because there's so many stories that go through this. But um, so the bloodletting uh, or, or the, the blood sacrifice of a chicken uh, usually uh, occurred when there was some sort of special occasion, some sort of ritual. Mm-hmm. So, so bringing it back to that ritual of the sacrifice of the chicken uh, is something that I've heard. Now, uh, all of this um, is, is uh, spoken, you know, it's like it's, it's told uh, verbally. Right. Uh, so it could be just legend or you know it could be one of those things but um that's what i um that's what i've heard and and, and what i most believe because i do know about those sort of uh, bloodletting or or sacrifice mm-hmm. of, of certain animals for different rituals and it to me makes the most sense rather than absorption of the flavor of fruit yeah and of course you know you got a vietnam in vietnam you know they put uh snakes in their bottles and you know so it's not it's not unheard of yeah. to, you know, for an animal carcass to be used in spirits. You know, there's the worm even. Yes. Um, you know, and tequilas and some tequilas and uh, mezcals as well. But um, what is there a lot of worms still used in mezcal? Yeah, you know, and that's one of those things that gets um, that, that gets uh, um, a lot of uh, a lot of negative. Um, well, I I tend to like mezcal with the worm. If I'm mm-hmm. in the mood, mm-hmm. um, the the worm changes the flavor 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's misunderstood. You know, the, the, the mezcal with the worm, it's like, uh, yes, if you want to have a mezcal with a, with, with a different variance of flavor, uh, the flavor of the worm is very, I like it's, it's the worm is, and we're talking about, uh, the, uh, an agave worm that grows on the inside of the agaves kind of eats it out. Um, and so, uh, those worms are used to put into the bottle to, uh, what some people say to prove that this is 100% agave mezcal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's usually, or that's where that came from. But, uh, a lot of people started saying that that was very gimmicky. And, you know, yes, it can be, especially if you're putting, you know, 10 worms in there so everybody can have a shot, you know, a worm with a shot. But there are some great mezcals out there that mm-hmm. make a great mezcal de gusano which is the um, one brand namely is uh, Oaxaca Mezcal, hmm. spelled with a W. Um, but yeah, just a lot of different stories that come from from uh, from Oaxaca about the worm. Uh, I would say try it uh, first. Oh, I've, I have oh, I've, uh, enjoyed many worms uh, over my lifetime and uh, <laughs> I do, uh, I do. I do enjoy the 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 mezcal um, and tequilas with the worm. Well, because what's the thing that you always hear? It's just like, oh, what is that? That cheap stuff with the worm, you yeah. know. But it's not necessarily always cheap. If you have a great mezcal, um, sometimes the addition of worm, depending on your mood, could be good. And it's when I'm in Mexico. Yeah. I have it. Like I don't want to. I don't have it here. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if that's. It just doesn't happen here anymore. Like they don't uh, import them into the states, but. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I appreciate the, uh, you know, the explanation, um, on the fermentation with the use of, you know, chicken and, uh, occasionally iguanas, you know, because that's, iguanas. but because that is, uh, even for as much as I'm in the spirits industry, um, that seems to be something that people are not very proud of, of talking about. And I don't understand why I think it's something that is, uh, it's a part of like, uh, the creation of a spirit that's really it's really beautiful and it doesn't get i don't think that that story of mezcal gets told enough yeah there there are um there are uh what some people call vegan options for pechuga uh where you get the the cooked agave and they call it pechuguilla um in in matatlan in my experience i've heard it uh, be called uh, pechuguilla so um you grab a little piece of cooked agave and you drop it into your mezcal and that also is delicious there's a brand called uh brujo uh that, that yeah yeah that, yeah, I know that, that, that makes brand. yeah i i i've been to mexico many times i've never seen a vegan uh menu there is that is that a catching on? You know on? what? Oh yeah, is that catching yeah, on? Yeah, there's a there's a new hotel in in uh, Oaxaca called Sin Nombre. Okay, full vegan menu. Um, Yerba Mala, I think, is another place. I think that's what it's called. Um, uh, yeah, there's 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 uh, Maguey Maíz. Yeah, there's a okay. bunch of places that that have vegan menus now. And uh, could that be uh, from? You know, just the lack of meat and transport and that type of thing. I don't know exactly. What I know this. Like I've been, I, I'm not, I can never go full bore vegan, yeah. but I've been increasing my vegetable intake. Yeah. And, and I really do think that there's a lot of good. Pickles, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's your, that's your style. Pickles and fried onions, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, vegan, uh, vegan is, is trendy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, By the way. Yes. Is your mezcal vegan? Um, yes, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> is it organic that. vegan? Yeah. And is it certified? It's not certified uh, organic. Cer- well, what's another buzzword out there? Oh, is it gluten-free? <laughs> uh, it is gluten-free. It is gluten-free. They're all gluten-free, um, of course. 
request for it to be uh, certified kosher uh, is okay. what it would have gotten. Uh, yeah. And that's, it, it is, but uh, it hasn't, it hasn't. See, that is like when you go through the certification, you bring a rabbi into yes. your distillery, that's some serious stuff right yes. there. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's quite the process and I think it's, I think it's actually really cool. Um, it's just something we haven't, we haven't done, but. Uh, well, I think, you know, never. I was going to say, let's jump into the whiskey, but I, I want to, let, yeah. let's, let's polish this. Let's polish one more off of, of the Mezcal. Oh, yeah. You pick one. Let's do the, uh, let's do the Reposado. Well, uh, huh. I think let's do the Reposado. The Reposado is aged in medium char American oak. Okay. This for, is repurposed bourbon barrels? Yes. And okay. new barrels. It's a combination of both. Um, and the barrels that we use are from Calvin Cooperage. Okay. Right here in Louisville. Yeah. yeah. The, the proper pronunciation of, of Louisville? Louisville. 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 See? All right. We're learning. Well, yeah, I will. I mean, I, I will butcher more Spanish names than you could ever <laughs> get Louisville wrong. Uh, it, but it's not because it intended. It's like, uh, you know, uh, I struggle with the uh, with the Spanish. Arts, well, I, I learned um, when I did learn Spanish or what I learned, it was through uh, uh, Castilian Spanish. Yes. And so, like, you'll say Azul, I say Atul, uh-huh. you know. So, like, it, I'm a, you know, when I when I am able to put together some sentences, it's because it's what I learned when I was in La Mancha because I used to do, I used to be a Spanish wine correspondent um, in La Mancha mm-hmm. and I was, I was like the only wine writer in the world covering La Mancha wine, which is this region that's big cooperatives and they make a, a lot of bulk wine and sell it off to Germany and France. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, you know, that's where I, you know, cut my teeth with, with Spanish. And mm-hmm. so, like, uh, you know, when I am able to string a sentence together, uh, most people can understand me. So, yeah. Well, let's see. So, uh, I, I think, yeah. The um, the effort for uh, I guess the the overall flavor profile is uh, for you to get uh, that flavor of wood, uh, yeah. but but not lose the fact that it's a mezcal, not overpower the mezcal, because the agaves take anywhere from six to thirty five years to mature. In the case of Ilegal, about eight years. Um, why covered up with the flavor of wood or, or mm. anything else is, is, is the idea, but just to give it a different variance and flavor. I think the, the wood is nice. Um, and you all are available nationwide. Yes. Uh, nationwide. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the, for those watching or listening, there's a green, there's a green wax over the top. The cork is like, uh, it, it's almost like a like a candle and you have to really work yeah, so hard to get that thing off. I'll show you just very quickly. Uh, so, just uh, with, with your thumbs, push this way, just crack the seal that way and you should be able to pull it out but I know that you had some struggles with that. Well, I struggle with just about everything but- uh, <laughs> As do I. Uh, I had, uh, I one time I had, a, I, I st- I've started bringing pliers out for, yes. the, for these corks that are waxed. You know, I- just hate the use of wax and spirits. I know Maker's Mark has like a big thing about it, but yeah. hey, just I mean, well, I've, so this is a it's a cheese wax, so it should be it should it's, be it is a yeah, lot easier. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier. Um, I think that I think the bottles just didn't like me, but the good news is I was able to crack them open. 
um, and I'm not an entire, you know, and I'm not an entire invalid. I was able to make it work at some point, but, yeah. uh, but you know, this Mezcal, I mean, I've had you all, um, you all have been on in my repeal day expo, mm -hmm. been one of the lead educators in the, in the bar business. And I just, I, I think it's, I think it's great to see you all out there, yeah. you know, pushing the, uh, pushing the pavement, kind of talking the story. And, um, this is very approachable. It's very approachable, but it's also, um, you know, if you're a tequila fan, you know, I, I think you'll love this, but I think you'll also love it if you're a whiskey fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially if you like um, that that uh, hint of smoke uh, yeah. to to your spirits. It's not it's not the patented over smoky mezcal. Yeah, and and there's a there's a couple there's a couple things that we do to to ensure that it doesn't get too smoky. Um, a lot like a cocktail. Uh, the type of ice that you use is very, very important. Right. The type of wood that you use for cooking of the agave is is very important as well. So we use um, encino and mesquite. Um, uh, mesquite is just to start the fire. Uh, encino is to keep that fire going to heat mm -hmm. up the rocks. Um, but it doesn't. Uh, the uh, the encino doesn't have as much resin as some of the other woods available uh, in 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 uh, Oaxaca, um, and so it doesn't release that uh, amount of that big plume of smoke you know uh, a lot of times when fire hits resin what happens smoke bomb yeah so uh we use encino which releases less smoke and then we also add a little bit of water to the distillation which creates a more even cook and um and some steam so so the agaves are not so charred mm -hmm. um anytime you uh see uh, the agaves get unearthed and they're very very charred very black you just know that that uh, that mezcal, unless you uh, chip away like burnt ends, mm -hmm. that uh, that 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 uh, supercharged agave, your mezcal is going to be pretty bitter hmm. yeah. and smoky. And smoky. Well, this is uh this is a great uh, great rep. I'm like I'm I'm loving it. Actually, yeah. mine's gone. Yeah. Are you are you ready to uh, put on your whiskey hat for a second? I'll put on my whiskey hat. I'll just uh, turn this one inside out. There we go. It's, it, that was ready to go. That was smooth. I mean, <laughs> you've done that before. All right, Gilbert. So you ready to do some uh, some whiskey tasting? I am. I All right. Am. Yes. So Let's do this. Uh, these are labeled A, B, and C, but this is actually what we'll be tasting. I don't know when, when I pour these. I won't know what they are, but these are uh, these are uh, the bottles. This is a uh, an old Shinley bottled and bond uh, bourbon. This would have been distilled in Indiana in uh, 1935. So this is from this was distilled in 1935 and bottled in uh, 19. 42. Uh, this is a Jim Beam that is from the 1970s. So, this would have been when bourbon is like beginning to uh, to falter. Um, and uh, so, this is like, this would have been, they would have been bottling some really, really good whiskey that nobody was buying mm. back then. And then this is the, you know, Eagle Rare is a brand that actually comes out in the 1970s and this is one of those first bottlings and it's an Eagle Rare 10 year old Eagle Rare 101. Mm -hmm. So, uh, very excited to taste these three. We basically are spanning, um, you know, 1935, the world was a different place. The grains were different in the, in the you know, these two bottles represent Exciting. kind of like the, the fall of bourbon in a lot of ways, like that time frame. But, um, you know, as, as a professional 
uh, spirits taster. I'm I'm obviously more geared into whiskey, but mm-hmm. I you know I dip my toes in everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you still do? Do you do a little bit of whiskey as well and other spirits? Yeah. Um. I actually I actually do. I I, I like uh, I like drinking whiskey. Um. Whenever I have a, a chance, definitely in Louisville. It makes yeah. sense. Um, and you know what? Uh, when you're at uh, dive bars in Oaxaca, whiskey is flowing. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool too to see that um, because I've been to a couple bars out here and the mezcal is flowing. It's just really, really cool to see yeah. the juxtaposition. Yeah. There's a good there's a good crossover mm-hmm. to the to the drinkers. Yeah. Uh, and so how we will do this is that uh, you know we are essentially going to be a two person uh, tasting panel. Okay. So. We are going to taste these, kind of talk about them, and then uh, and then pick our favorite. Okay. So, let's do it. Just know which glass is which. That's well, glass A. Well, I think I poured you too much. Not enough. <laughs> Jeez. You wanna... Boy, what Keith went light on the pouring over here. Keith? Where's, where's Allison when I need her? Man, might be the last time he's getting uh, hired to do this job. Again. You know, stopping us in the middle of shooting, mm-hmm. making us, uh, you know, giving us small pours. Jeez. You know, the good news is we got more whiskey in the in the bottle. So once we find out what they are, and you actually have a couple bottles here too. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, I got I got a little bit of whiskey in here. Now I don't have a problem. This is all work. So. <laughs> I don't know. Well, see, uh, I don't know if I've, I could ever get a collection this large because I just always, always drink them. Well, okay. we may, you may even see bottles just show up here. I mean, I get given the week. Like we in the la- today, we got a shipment of two hundred and seventy-five bottles. Mm-hmm. They were sample bottles, but they were two hundred seventy-five bottles. So, here we go. Let's start with glass A. Let's just kind of... It's a big old coconut nose there. Some fruit. Mm. That smells amazing. Yeah. Almost reminds me of sherry. It does have some sherry qualities. Some of that nuttiness. Some Mm -hmm. of that like apricot. Almost, it smells so good. I almost don't want to drink it. Let me get past that. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, what do you look for in a whiskey? Uh, this is it. This is wow. This is pretty close. It's uh, the like- nose is great. Uh, I've had a, I've, you know, you don't want to put this in a cocktail, I don't think, but but I've had some cocktails that kind of uh, maybe recreated some of these flavors, maybe not intentionally or definitely not intentionally. I don't know if they've tasted this, but yeah, that coconut, I had a coconut old fashioned mm. with some whiskey once and it reminds me of this. That's, that sounds amazing, yeah. by the way. I love coconut. Yeah. There's like this, like, um, um, we we used to have this chef. He passed away a few years now. His name was Dean Corbett, and he was really good at like uh, his dessert team was really good at creating like uh, high end Snickers bars. He did it a high end like almond joy style. Wow! Dessert one time, and it reminds me of this like that. Yeah, I can see that. Really high end coconut, really high end chocolate, and a like, nice little almond in there. Just it just yeah. touches the basis. Yeah, just a nice bitter chocolate. It's not too sweet. Yeah. 
for sure into coconut mm. all right yeah we're going to definitely come back to a that was pretty glass b mm. i know which one this is i think I'll say like this has got I know which one this is. It's got some like petrol quality to it. Mm -hmm. It's hot. Yeah. That one uh, that was that this one was consumed by uh, on a truck tailgate going hunting. Yeah. You know, straight from the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Hank Williams Jr. Uh, in my experience growing up, like pre-punk rock show. <laughs> nice. Are you into music? I love music. What's your What's your genre? What's your favorite music? Well, so I like uh, like Mexican regional, uh, like Mexican folk music. Okay. Uh, like corridos and and banda and norteños. Mm -hmm. So that would that that would be like my a. But then it's it's pretty weird because you look at me and people are like, oh, this guy doesn't like that type of music. This guy obviously likes this type of music but no I, I have pretty eclectic taste um i do like punk rock uh, okay i grew up on punk rock uh all types i'm a i i don't think you should we should ever look at someone and say like that person should be that kind of music you well know? you know it's it reminds me of when you uh sit and well especially when uber was new mm -hmm. and lift they would kind of uh, change the radio station based on what they thought you would like. Yeah. And I, I would get in a car with someone who, uh, uh, well, maybe, you know, maybe it was me judging too because probably obviously doesn't yeah. listen to that type of music and then they, you know, boom, put on K-Rock or whatever it was at the time. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't see you being a K-pop fan, but... Uh, uh, oh, no, 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 not K-pop. No, uh, any pop really I don't like. But um, when it comes to music, uh, do you listen to the beat and music or do you listen to the lyrics? Uh, both. Um, but I'm also like, I love instruments. Like I'm a big like heavy metal fan. Oh yeah. And I love, I love guitar. I love, um, I love rhythm. I love, uh, you know, I just, my wife and I, we, we spent, you know, our date night the other day watching old, um, old recordings of Cab Calloway. Okay, yeah. You know, and then we went to Jerry Lee Lewis. So, like, we, we just, like, I, I love all music and, um, you know, there is um, there's a soothing moment in my body chemically when, when I hear the right song in the, the right, right moment. I get, um, I get chills. Yeah. When I hear, like, a song that's my favorite song. Yeah. Like, you could very goosebumps, you see them. It's very visible if I like a song. Um, Cab Calloway. In, yeah. Invented the zoot suit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty awesome dude. Uh, yeah, I I am the, I like lyrics. Okay. And so, uh, I will be able to, I will recite basically any song. It doesn't matter if it's like a pop song or whatever. Mm -hmm. As long as the lyrics are good, I'll know it. Or even if the lyrics are bad, and uh, sometimes I like my wife's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "That's that song." I was like, the, "I'm showing you the lyrics," and she's like, oh, "I don't know what you're talking about." Uh, kind of like probably the audience right now doesn't know what I'm talking about. Well, you know what? <laughs> this is this is our show here. They're they're gonna they'll bear with us no matter what. We're going to glass C now. Oh, oh, you're back. You're back to B. Oh well, you know, it's, it's, you were yeah. talking about metal. 
I know B is definitely like, let's get in a mosh pit and mm-hmm. break someone's nose. Yeah, like the most famous guy to drink. Uh, what I'm guessing, this... Uh, this uh you guessing that b is beam yeah yeah i think yeah. i think we're uh, right gg allen is like the the guy who used to drink jim beam all the time mm. oh hmm. oh my oh my that one um that has some uh Got some bitterness going on in there. Yeah, I was, uh, it reminds like me a, almost about tomorrow. Yeah, it's um, like really bitter. Yeah, uh, almost some mintiness too. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're tasting this and you're asked to identify what the spirit is, I don't think I'm guessing bourbon. No, yeah, I, I would. You know, I, I've tasted some some amaros uh, without sugar. And uh, mm. definitely reminiscent of what I'm what I'm getting here. Yeah, um, some of my favorite, like um, some of my favorite vintage spirits are like Chartreuse, uh, Campari. You know where they just they don't tell you what the hell they're making it with, but you know it's like all <laughs> I hope kinds it's of okay. <laughs> all kinds of awesome stuff. Yeah, and like it it, it tastes so different generationally. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. But uh, yeah, I would say I, I will say that I think C personally is probably my last favorite. Okay. Um, on, only because like I'm not the biggest fan of like uh, like uh, like an astringency or an oak note. Like once I, if I taste oak and I don't taste another flavor shortly thereafter, I just like almost dismissed it. You know, I'm not yeah. a, not a fan of that. Yeah, I would I would say even the same thing for mezcal. If, if it's all just oaky, then and you don't taste any of that, so I definitely can relate on that. Um, and yeah, probably the one that I would use in a cocktail. Um, now is that a is that a way is that a compliment? Um, or is that a, like I gotta hide the shittiness of it? Well, you know what? Uh, there's something about uh, any spirit. That if you use it in a cocktail, I don't think it's necessarily an insult. Uh, that's up to the bartender, unless you know, unless you're drowning it in, in Coca Cola or what have you. Right. Uh, but if it's like something to accent or maybe complement uh, the flavors, I don't think it's an insult. No. Running for president. <laughs> I mean, you speak far, you speak far more eloquently than uh, what we've had in the past. Well, usually I don't talk too good. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> all right, so we got a city lawyer types. We got a that was off the Simpsons. <laughs> uh, I, now we got to pick a favorite here, and then yes. we'll reveal it, and then uh, yeah. So yeah, I got my favorite is is uh, definitely a yeah a for me hands mm-hmm. down. Um, Seconds probably B. Mm-hmm. We're going in order here. A B C A B C, and then so now. Uh, which one is A actually, or are we gonna go which one's C? I think A. I think A is the Eagle Rare. Mm-hmm. Um, I think B is the Jim Beam, um, and, I, and I think C is the is the Old Shinley. Can I tell you something? Uh, visually, I had that. Mm-hmm. Visually, I had that because uh, definitely you could see the the colors a little the, different. The colors yeah. are different. Uh, there's there's a little bit more texture to the B. Um, well, and these these older whiskeys too, like they have. So I might have cheated. Well, 
you know, we we all do that. But if you take a look at the uh, this old cork, that's the original cork. Oh wow! You know, and that is um, that's before they treated the cork, mm -hmm. and so that would have been as close as raw from the tree as possible. Mm -hmm. And cork is uh, an oak tree, so there's there's lignans in there, there's tannins in there, and a lot of those flavors that we tasted. Uh, the bitterness I feel like could be coming from that cork and that's that's where that like a lot of people will talk about an old dusty note that's where that comes from oh, now okay. when we reveal this we could be you know wrong as shit okay. but you know it wouldn't be the first time I was wrong that's shit. why we do it oh look at that we were dead on we were right we were right all right A was Eagle Rare B was Jim Beam and C was Old Shenley look at that so picking up picking up a bottle of Eagle Rare, Eagle yeah. Rare soon I think it's like well they don't make it like this anymore. Yes. Uh, top you off a little bit here. Yeah, let's do it. And you know, I feel like I feel like we should let the the folks in the audience here have a little sip too. I don't think they want any. No. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, Kelsey just flipped you off. Hi. It's, it's not cool. Not cool. By the way, so Kelsey and I, so she's behind the scenes, and you all can't see or hear from her. We'll probably keep it that way because she might yell at us. But she was yelling uh, at us this whole time. This whole time. Oh, I was getting some angry text. Yeah. Ooh. Oh uh, man. Was and you were like, you know, she's telling you to move this, move that. Yeah. I mean, oof, we were in yeah. trouble. But um, <laughs> no, we go way back. You know, from her time at uh, Angels Envy, just one of my favorite people in the business. So. I'm I'm glad you get to work with her because yeah. she's she's top notch. Yeah. So, cheers, man. What do you so so let's let's really now that we know yes. what this is, let's okay. really break this thing down. Well, uh, what what attracted me to this one uh, is I love uh, I love a good sherry, and mm -hmm. uh, it's just reminiscent of that, um, but uh, but stronger, which is also something I love. <laughs> Gets there faster, but. Um, you know, uh, also one of my favorite cocktails. So there's a couple things. You know, it's 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 the the it reminds me of sherry. It reminds me of this beautiful coconut old fashioned that I had hmm. uh, in Koreatown in LA a while back. God, they, that sounds awesome. Yeah, they fat washed the, the the they fat washed the the whiskey with with coconut uh, chunks, I guess, and and just made it old fashioned. Mm. I think it was pineapple syrup, it was pina colada. It was so dope. Oh, that sounds but, awesome. Um, but you don't need any of that if you just get one of these bottles of Eagle mm -hmm. Rare from which which year is this? I'm sorry. But this would have been 1978. So if you got to yourself a time machine mm -hmm. or a good connect, yeah, this was. Uh... And this this is now owned by by Sazerac. Mm -hmm. Buffalo Trace makes it one of the harder bottles to uh, to come by. Mm hmm. hmm. And, and you know it's kind of getting a little perfumey on the nose now. And that's like it's just like opening up. It's just like one of those you can just kind of smell and smell. Dab yourself. So it, I mean, you're in Kentucky. Like bourbon may not get you in trouble if you get pulled over by the cops. <laughs> as long as you can still walk and talk, you mm -hmm. know, you're probably fine. But um not taken yeah look i i'm really excited to see like um you know the growth of, of of mezcal and i'm excited to see like you know you know tequila doing so well do you look at like the growth of tequila is good for mezcal or do you do you see tequila as as like mm, kind of like a like a friendly competitor 
Uh, both uh, friendly competitor definitely when you when you're looking at uh, different bars and their cocktail menus and what their focus is. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people are shifting to mezcal. That's on the on premise on what we call the on premise, but uh, bars and restaurants. Um, uh, the growth of of tequila is uh, good for mezcal in that uh, there are a lot of opportunities to figure out maybe some different avenues to take mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to growth. Uh, our whole model has been uh, grow horizontally rather than vertically. And what that means is when we first started working with the mezcaleros um, uh, in Oaxaca at Mal de Amor, um, they had two fermentation or they have uh, four fermentation vats. They had two stills. Their stills were uh, uh, 250 liter copper stills and so just with the growth of the demand this this whole mezcal boom that you see mm -hmm. we um instead of adding uh column stills or uh autoclaves or anything like that what we did was we just replicated uh the the original recipe uh, creating micro distilleries within the main distillery okay um which you know they all turn out their their, their small batches mm -hmm. um and and they're all bottled in-house so that I, I think uh, that was one of the learnings that we took away from tequila where, you know, you got some really great tequilas that ended up growing and uh, ended up uh, uh, getting sold off to a different company. And then you see how things rapidly changed in the production. Mm -hmm. Just It just didn't, you know, things change in the spirit world, uh, you know, uh, different acquirements from, or, or uh, you know, different people acquire uh, the, the brand. And something could probably change in the the, the original recipe, but um, I think that's one thing that we can learn from, and and that's a good opportunity for Illegal to be the example of of how to scale uh, mm -hmm. without changing what we uh, fell in love with. Okay. Um, now you're in you're in town for a bit. Are, are there any like uh, you know we have a very we have a very nice margarita, you know, Latin restaurant scene here mm -hmm. in, uh, in, in Louisville. Yeah. Um, and uh, are you, uh, are you going to be going to hit some accounts to get this, to get people carrying it on the bar a little bit more? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, we're going to go to Taj. Uh, oh this. shit. You're going to Taj? Yeah. I'm going to go to Taj. Oh and my God. You know, you know what? Uh, I don't think that we necessarily. It's the uh, number, by the way, that's the number one Jägermeister account uh, in like, my heart. in like three or four states. Like they just, they like walk in and just like shove, give you a funnel of How do you uh, Jägermeister. Like Jägermeister? Uh, you look, uh, if it's like three o'clock in the morning and um, I'm three sheets to the wind, I love it. Yeah. If I am actually where I'm tasting things. It's the most god awful thing I can put on my mouth. I'll drink some Jägermeister. It's it's not as bad as like uh, Malort uh, or uh, what's the net? Fernet's my least favorite. What about Rumplemints? Rumplemints is okay. Uh, I can I can handle that. I'll drink some Rumplemints too. Yeah, but no Jägermeister in that whole like um, in that whole I, I like it over like Goldschlager. I like it over uh, a, a lot of those, but that's just not the. That's just, I'm not in that shot category. Again, unless it's like, you know, I, I'm a Jägermeister consumer late about night, late night at Taj. One, one or twice, once or twice a year. But Taj is like, that's the place where, where, where livers go to work. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you go in there, people are like drinking. 
Hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Wake up. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that one uh, one thing that that um, that some uh, mezcal people do that may be a misstep is only going to Mexican restaurants or or focusing on the Mexican restaurant. Oh yeah. Everybody loves mezcal. They just don't know it yet. That's mm-hmm. what I say. Um, I was talking to this gentleman who wrote. Uh, a lot of books on mezcal uh, from Oaxaca and um, I was like okay so where are you going for your tour you know your book tour oh I'm going to San Francisco going to San Diego and I'm going to New York and I'm like well everybody already like drinks mezcal there or a lot of people drink mezcal there like why don't we go to somewhere like Kentucky why don't we go to you know to Colorado just different places mm-hmm. uh, Nashville where uh, where people don't necessarily get that extra bit of love um, I, well, as a, as a book author, I just want someone to show up. So, yeah. I, I mean, he's just looking at like, well, someone That's, other, you know, you know okay, someone show see, up. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking about that, which is probably my fault. But, uh, but, but I do think that uh, this is a very, uh, th- this is a spirit with a lot of opportunity. And uh, I think that uh, we limit ourselves when we only think that it should be at a Mexican restaurant. Why shouldn't it be at a music venue? Yeah. You know why shouldn't it be at a at a five no, restaurant? No, it totally it totally yeah. should be. But uh, you know the volume that these margarita places do. I of mean, course. it's uh, it's insane. So our one of our top accounts, one of our top placements is this small bar in New York City that serves sushi and has live music. Mm. And so it's just it, it's crazy to see where you get that volume from, and it's sometimes not where exactly you expect. Um, but uh, when I first started learning about mezcal and tequila, I was consulting for Mexican restaurants, and so always going to have a special place in my heart: frozen margarita or on uh, the rocks. Uh, me? Oh, on the rocks! Yeah. I have not. A, I'm not a frozen drink guy at all. Okay, unless. Um, Unless it's like, uh, like, like made fresh. What what kills? Th- and we just, my wife and I, we went to this restaurant, and they use like, uh, they didn't use fresh, fresh lime juice uh, or fresh um, uh, simple syrup. And I swear to God, I felt it the next day. Yeah. Like alcohol. Does not affect me the next day unless I have like an f- entire barrel, uh-huh. but it does not affect. It's when I have like those uh, non-natural uh, ingredients or like stale ingredients, you know, and it came through. And the and as soon as I tasted the margarita, I knew it. Yeah. But I mean, I I got a, a hair dura reposado, and there I was like, ah, you know what? I'll I'll power through this. I'll yeah, be fine, yeah. you know. But but uh, I that's why on the rocks for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's 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 finish this off with yeah, uh, with one one the one we didn't do yet. Oh, okay. Which one was? Which one did we not do? We did. We so. uh, we did. We have not had the the uh, añejo. And and you know by the way, I sent this to uh, an upcoming uh, guest to uh, Jose uh, Mangan, who's a Sirius XM uh, host of uh, what's the channel he's on, Keith? Liquid metal. Oh he's, yeah, Jose. He used to work at uh, K Rock, I think, too. Yeah, and in, in Los Angeles, and he's so. he's actually owns a piece of a, maqui- a tequila. Oh like, really? I almost said tequila. Uh, I almost said tequila. That that would be like a new, really great like thing. There, just move on. I'm just gonna shut up now. Liquid metal. Uh, but yeah, so I said I sent him some of that. We're gonna be doing like a blind tasting 
uh, I think tomorrow, tomorrow, the next day. That's so, awesome. So yeah, I'll, uh, let's polish this. Let's see what Okay, we, yeah. I, I still have, uh, you got a little bit there. Well, I have these. You don't have any, um, I don't have an empty one. You don't have any empty ones. Oh, Keith is, uh, holding back on us. Trying a little Makila. <laughs> Makila. That's, that's going to be a new buzzword come out of this. <laughs> well, hey, man, thanks thanks for coming on. Yeah. It's, it's great. Let's, I'm, let's give this a – well, this is aged in wood for one year? Yeah, about 14 months to taste. Um, uh, the, the barrels, uh, the barrels, like I mentioned, Calvin, Calvin Cooperage. But um, the final stamp of approval always uh, from John, uh, the founder of Illegal tasting through batches. So, um, not necessarily, uh, always, uh, 14, 13 months. It's, it's to taste, but that's a, that's a good, uh, estimate on the time. I have to say, this is a really good follow-up as well from the whiskey tasting. It's almost cleans the palate in some ways. It's peppery, mm. really, uh, really nice little, little hints of some vanilla in there and under some like some nice yeah. peppery chocolate. This is great. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you still taste the agave, which yeah. is which is important. Yeah. Which one's your favorite? Okay, well, so we know which one's your favorite here. Um, probably the Hoven. You know what? I I, I say that too. Um, I I love the añejo. They all have their applications, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Hoven is just your raw spirit you just taste where it was you just taste the process yeah and you can't you can't really do that with whiskey you know mm -hmm. there's not you taste unaged uh, bourbon and it's going to be awful uh unless you have a palate for you know for that corn style musty vegetable-y um and you know it's distilled to be aged mm. you know this is this is distilled to be consumed right away and it's it's delicious so, yeah. but the NA would be number two. It's really good. Awesome. Well, cheers, my friend. Cheers. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so me. much for, for coming on and uh, tell everyone how they can find you on the socials and. and uh, yeah. So, uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Gilbert Mezcal and uh, Illegal at Illegal Mezcal, uh, IllegalMezcal.com uh, for all our exploits. That's where the trouble happens. All the trouble. All the trouble and with, trouble. Uh, with, with Kelsey. So. Yes. But uh, that's going to do it for, for this episode. Be safe out there. Remember, uh, vodka sucks. Are, are you a vodka fan? Because What's that? It sucks. Cheers. Wasn't that a great tasting, an interview? Uh, Gilbert was just so fun to have on the show. What a cool dude. You know, he and I could talk for ages about spirits. And, you know, that's the fun thing. You know, uh, about what I've gotten to do in my career. And I, this podcast has been kind of like uh, me dipping my toe into the realms that's outside of spirits. You know, more of the people who are athletes and, uh, and actors and musicians. And I, I just still find myself wanting to talk to Gilbert, to people like Gilbert. And that's people who love 
to have a good dram and they know what they're talking about. And so you're probably going to see a lot more of that. I'm not going to be just interviewing anybody uh, in the spirits industry. It's got to be someone that I think is interesting and can, you know, we can have a cool conversation about music or whatever. But uh, you will get a lot of knowledge if you continue listening to this podcast, which I'd hope you'd give us a, a, a kind review. However, you get your podcast. It goes a long way with uh, helping people find this show. So that's going to do it for this week. Make sure you're following Gilbert on all those social media platforms. Give, give us a follow, too. You can find us at The Fred Minnick Show on Instagram and uh, Fred Minnick across all social media channels. And just thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, be safe out there, folks. And remember, no licking handrails, no licking trash cans. And vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey and by McDurs. For more information about Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com. Stream the biggest movies and TV shows for free on Pluto TV. Watch movies like Titanic and G.I. Joe The Rise of Cobra, plus TV shows like CSI and Star Trek The Next Generation. Starting this month, check out the 24-7 Stargate channel exclusively on Pluto TV, plus hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and TV shows absolutely free. Download the free Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start watching today.